Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's recording day. I say that every time. But you do. I'm it's so okay. excited. It is I love exciting. recording day. You know what? We had a instructive little chat with Brody before we started today. So we have a certain Brody protocol that must be followed. And we <laughs> will. I will now turn the show over to Brody. <laughs> Uh, leave reviews. It helps us if you want uh, to support us being the greatest mental health podcast <laughs> in the history of, of radio, then uh, leave a review on leave a review on Apple and rate it and give the five stars one stars. Uh, you know where to send those. Those can go to uh, Fran Farms at uh, in Groton, <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> so you can find the, the address on you can just she doesn't have an email because it's too newfangled. So you can send a person letter or a card uh, to there a pigeon if it was really what she would prefer uh, but it helps it helps oh you get God. it out it's a really super great low-key way to support the show uh, so yeah we encourage people to do that oh my <laughs> God. see you you I thought you were out. gonna like say something no okay I- why would I say something? I we cannot do this. We Christ. need help. Yeah, I know. We just got to decide on what it is. We, I thought somebody did. was going to say You're something after that. You're the one that bossed me around I, and then you fucked it up. It's like segments would happen. I oh didn't my talk God. about the segues. Brody, do you want to bring a diagram? Because you can't even follow your own verbal Apparently, instructions. Yeah, we're going to need to. Okay. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna Did have a hard time these? editing that out. Oh my god! Don't just, even just no. don't edit it. Right. Are you gonna press the fucking button, yeah. or do I okay, have to do that too? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the fantastic factoid. Chinese medicine, which includes acupuncture, is a very popular way to help individuals relax and re-energize. It can help with conditions like anxiousness, depression, insomnia, headaches, pain. All of the things many of us experience, John Kalenda, licensed acupuncturist and dean of the American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, states, the college's low-cost community clinics have treated patients with mental illness since the 80s and see upwards of 17,000 patient treatments each year, according to the American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, 2009. Isn't that crazy? Just one little clinic. 17,000. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm hoping our guest, who I'm super thrilled that she's here with us today, brought needles because you two need some acupuncture (laughs) for your stick one in his eye. (laughs) Right in the middle of his eye. So I'm so happy to have with us today Larissa Kemp. She is a doctor of Chinese medicine. So Dr. Kempf, thank you for being here. You said we have to call you that. So, um, <laughs> and bow down to her and bow down while yeah. we call her that. She is a licensed acupuncturist and the owner of Medicine Rock Acupuncture here in town. Uh, I've been there, a patient, huge fan. Um, and she and her fiance also own and operate Medicine Rock Ranch with grass-fed cattle and pasture-raised eggs. Six dollars a dozen, folks. She's not raised the prices. First come, first serve. First come, first serve. Because, you know, her chickens can only do so much. Right. Like, quit being so demanding on their eggs. Right. But we're super glad you're here. Yes, Thanks welcome. for joining. We want to hear about acupuncture. I've loved it for years. 
So thank you guys. I'm a huge fan of your podcast too. It was it's super exciting that this is happening right here in Aberdeen. And thank you. We have a really great community here, and that was going into acupuncture. I'm born and raised south of Aberdeen, um, and. There was some feedback when I went into school whether or not I was going to be able to turn this into a business in Aberdeen. But, <laughs> wow. Um, this community has been awesome. And the reason I laugh is because how long does it take to, as a new patient, are you accepting new patients? Not right now. I'm working through my waiting list. Yeah. So if somebody's listening, they haven't heard back from me, you're on a list. I promise. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I was laughing. Like, can you make a business of this? Right. Uh. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I opened Medicine Rock in 2019, November of 2019, and... Shortly after 2022, I came to the realization that I could not keep seeing new patients at the pace that I was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I take new patients kind of in clusters, um, but have no fear. We are getting another acupuncturist in Aberdeen. Um, Her name is Megan Pearsons, and she, or Pearson, sorry if I messed that up. Um, She's, her website is Healing Points LLC. Oh. um, And she will be kind of in the Thrivent building behind Kusler. So, March 1st, she'll be here. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and we'll be working together and referring to each other. So if anybody needs to find her, they can contact me. I'll get you to the right place. But I'm going to hijack the show for a little bit on a business uh, <laughs> tangent. Like, what is it like to, so in, in business, it's all about growth, right? And so, but you, I assume, very quickly hit your cap. Like, what is it like to have a business where you're like, nope, I don't need any more people? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody says it's a good problem to have, right? But right. it's extremely overwhelming, mm-hmm. and you have to be really careful with your energy and your time, mm-hmm. you know, and still provide a good treatment because you don't want those days where you leave at the end of the day and the person you forget something they told you and you realize it later, or you just feel like you didn't give it a hundred percent. And those, you know, I'm I came to that realization and backed up, you know, and so then I set really firm boundaries and got really clear about what my hours are and how many people I want to see in a day, how many of, you know, of a certain type of patient I can see in a day. Um, And then it's just, you think about growth, you know, like how do I grow now? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I do a lot of retail, which a lot of acupuncturists don't necessarily do, but I have, I'm a tea nerd, so I have a Mm -hmm. bunch of tea um, and we recently opened a rock shop, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, Crystal's baby. Mm-hmm. And um, just recharged mine last weekend, full moon. There you go. I bet I did. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for me, that was just like a fun side thing. Um, I have a massage therapist that helps in my clinic. Um, so we sublet, you know, together, which helps with overhead. You know, and so you get to the point where you're like, how do I grow? Because even if I hire somebody, I, if I have an employee, I want to take good care of them. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like financially? And then mm-hmm. if I'm doing that, how much more do I have to work? Am I making more money or am I just seeing more people with more work for no extra financial income? And that's kind of what it boiled down to for me at this point. So I'm still navigating that. And I think mm-hmm. we all, you know, as business owners, you just continue to try to you know, find the different avenues and balance, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's been like four-ish years, three-ish, between three and four years, but that's still, you're still a baby yeah. in, the, in the business world. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I like, if somebody out there has advice, hook it up mm-hmm. with the email because yeah, <laughs> I'm open to any suggestions that way. Um, you know, we're even thinking about maybe buying our own place to grow. It mm-hmm. just, you know, we'll see. Every year things unfold and it all happens as it should. And 
One of the other things I want to plug for you specifically is you are where I get my CBD products um, because you're a nerd. You nerd out on that stuff. Yeah, but isn't that illegal in South Dakota? It is not because there's no, there's none of the marijuana in it. <laughs> there's no THC. Um, but I love it because you do all the research before you carry something, you research the heck out of it and make sure it's ethically sourced. It does what it says it's going to do. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> I do. I am kind of a pain in my own butt that way because um, it'll take me a long time to really sink onto a product or grab onto a product. Um, but I have a minor in chemistry. I did go to Northern State University. So go Wolves. Go Wolves. Um, and I have a bachelor's of science there and associates in biotech and a minor in chemistry and I was looking at going into pharmacy or doctor of osteopath, something to that effect. Um, and I love biochemistry. I love organic chemistry. And so if I have a product like that that does not have gas chromatography, if you can't back look up the lot number, I don't even look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the CBD, I have three companies that I mainly work with with CBD. Um, and Everything's farm bill compliant, which means it has less than 0.3% THC by weight volume. Um, And then we do occasionally get, I can get products that are Delta 8 and stuff. I don't mess with that as much because you can Mm -hmm. go to any of the smoke shops, do that kind of stuff. Um, I will get it for a client if they ask, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not worth stocking it for me because it's going to go bad before people buy it off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am really conscientious about where stuff is sourced, especially being having a degree in Chinese herbalism. We're importing the majority of our herbs. So the companies that we go through to buy these imported herbs are vetting their distributors and then mm-hmm. we're vetting them. And so... It's really important because, I mean, we all have heard or know, mm-hmm. you know, of stuff from China that's been contaminated or this or that. Um, and Chinese herbalism already has a touch-and-go reputation in the mm-hmm. States um, for various things. Um, so it's just really important that we do our diligence as practitioners to make sure that people are getting a clean and safe product and mm-hmm. then using it appropriately. Mm-hmm. So in terms of mental health... Why would I, as an independent practitioner, which I do refer to you, but why would I refer to you if one of my clients, let's say, has anxiety, depression, allergies, um, anything, autoimmune mm-hmm. disorders, like why? Why would I send them to you? So acupuncture is an entire system of medicine, and I think people don't realize that fully. So we run on a whole system of medicine just like Western medicine is its own system. Uh, and it was the only system of medicine in East Asia for thousands of years. Um, the earliest medical texts we have are around 4,000 years old. Um, there's evidence that they go farther back than that. Acupuncture is 2,000 years old in and of itself. Um, the Neijing, which is our kind of Bible as far as medical texts go, is right around 2,000 years old. Um, and it encompasses everything. So internal medicine, mental health. Um, physical issues, bumps, bruises, strains, breaks. Um, I mean, we have something for everything. There's, you know, we learn how they would have set a bone and et cetera. Obviously, you don't want your acupuncturist to do that. If you break your leg, please go to the hospital. But there's, we can do so much with our medicine. And that's, you know, people are like, oh, acupuncture is just for pain or it's just for fertility. But we can do, you name it. Mm-hmm. 
we can do something for it, whether it's herbal or needles or breathe, breath work, breathing work. Um, it's all encompassing. So whatever you can throw at us, we generally have a good way to treat and we look at it in a completely different way. Um, so we look at the whole body. Somebody might come in and tell me that they have a toothache, but I'm still going to do an entire interview with them to get an idea of what's going on in their body, what's their climate, what maybe led up to the toothache, was there an incident involved, they got other stuff going on, and we treat the whole body. And not just the physical body, but the body, the mind, the spirit, you know, the jing, the chi, the shen. So we we treat the whole unit. And that holistic approach, I think, is something that's really, really popularized, you know, in kind of millennial culture or just that seems to be where a lot of people want to take their health care because they feel, like you said earlier, way more heard. They feel more uh, like understood. They feel like their practitioners actually spending time with them. I often, you know, on initial intake, spend 90 minutes with my clients. Um, and that's unheard of in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that we were talking about that before we actually started the podcast is that I have referred several clients to her and they've mm-hmm. come back and said, wow, I never <laughs> expected somebody was going to go that in depth with me for that long. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that is a very, very validating experience for someone. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, not just that, but the quality of that interaction, really going deep and getting more of the in, the information that's critical is is wonderful that they can do that. You can Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've spent, I was figuring this out last night as I was preparing for the podcast that it's been about seven years of study now (laughs) in this area. Um, And so every, you know, I'll never know it all, you know, and I (laughs) I know that I'll never know it all, but it's not going to prevent me from trying. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I, you know, every time I hear something from a person or I go through, back through their chart, I'm picking up an extra little pearl, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's what keeps this practice really exciting for me, too, as a person who's just always driven to learn one more thing, is you're never done developing your understanding of a patient's illness or the patient themselves or the medicine as a whole. So. Mm-hmm. That's just fascinating. I remember when I took Grace to you for her uh, patellar tendonitis. This is one of those random stupid things that just sticks in my head. Um, But we talked about the effects of hormones on knee pain. And I had never thought about that. I mean, that was, I had knew nothing about it. That was so enlightening to me. And I think, I mean, I'll just say it this way. We hadn't heard that from any other practitioner, that that is not necessarily something to treat, but at least something to consider. When I was going to school, I was a sidelines acupuncturist for the Minnesota Vixen, which was a women's football team. And I worked in one of my clinical education rounds was in the Human Performance Center, which was adjacent to our alma mater, Northwestern Health Sciences. And so I worked with a lot of athletes. And it was something you realized really quickly was if women are on their cycle, they have an extraordinarily higher incidence of knee injury. Whether or not that shakes out in Mm -hmm. the data, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have that answer. But you notice it clinically. Mm -hmm. It's very 
clinically relevant as somebody who's practicing with these people. And so when that football team would sync up, <laughs> we used to just chew our fingernails on the sidelines because mm-hmm. if they got smoked in the side, they were hurting knees left and right. Oh. And it was one of our uh, professors, Dr. McDonald, I think actually wrote a paper on this. I'll oh, see if I can rummage it up, but it was significant. And yeah. so, you know, hormones, you know, is it running in the meridians, you know, mm-hmm. Western medicine meridians don't exist. So it's got to be something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Ooh, a talk some. more about meridians. Yeah. Whoa. Are we, I'm, unless I'm getting ahead of things. No, we can definitely talk about meridians. So in Chinese medicine, there's 12 main meridians. Um, and the general consensus amongst us practitioners is that they're very real. You can feel them. Um, you gain an understanding of them, and then they have nodes on them, which are the acupuncture points. Mm. Um, and that's you know probably more than we want to get into in in an hour. But <laughs> my general understanding, and I and it's growing in popularity. This idea is that the reason Western medicine can't find the meridians is because they're looking for something. The meridian isn't something; it's the space in between the fascial layers of the body. So they're doing thyroid surgeries now where they enter through the armpit and they never have to cut through muscle tissue because they're running along a fascial plane. That fascial plane that they're going through is part of the heart meridian in Chinese medicine. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And these meridians, there's studies of that they have some electrical conductance properties. Um, We know this to be definitely true in animal studies. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, salamanders will regenerate limbs. Mm -hmm. At the site at which they're regenerating a limb has a very specific electrical frequency to it. And that's one of the ways our body communicates with itself. Um, Not only are we immensely complex as far as hormones go and cell signaling and electrical signaling via ions, we have maybe yet another kind of concept of signaling in our bodies that we maybe just can't understand yet with Western medicine. The tools aren't sensitive enough, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, I think, kind of ground for that to be the case when you look at things like light healing and sound healing mm-hmm. and stuff that's gaining in research and popularity. You know, And I don't walk around all day with a tinfoil hat on, but I'm willing to... <laughs> You know, to at least hear out those theories, because there's something to everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to do your due diligence to decide what you're going to keep and what you can kind of yeah. let blow away in the breeze. I bought a grounding mat. Those are I, really I was like, I'm going to give it a whirl. It's not going to hurt anything. It's 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. there's I, I use infrared light a ton, mm-hmm. and it's a similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even experimenting a little bit with um, infrared patches that are protein crystals printed on a patch and when your body heats up those protein crystals they release infrared light and the light they release depending on the organization of the crystals is at a specific infrared frequency to tell your body to do something and so some of them promote glutathione some of them promote l-carnosine those have different effects in the body so i'm just dipping my toe in that. So so I think infrared is something that's become kind of a thing, right? Very much. What is What are some of the benefits of the infrared? Infrared is just a very penetrating heat. It's, okay. It 
doesn't necessarily heat the air around the object, although if you put your hands under the lamp, it's going to feel warm. But it penetrates very deeply in the body. Studies show that it seems to increase cell proliferation, wound healing, vascular response, capillary refill, um, which is fancy words for circulation. They have enormous benefit. And then clinically or anecdotally, people love them. Mm-hmm. Isn't you know. that in um, Fit and Fire Studio? Don't they have they a room have, with that yeah. kind of light? Which I really like because the the hot yoga damn near kills me. Yeah. Like, or I'm going to kill people because yeah. it's like so hot. It makes me grumpy. Yeah. But the infrared room is mm-hmm. warm, but it's not like you're not sweating. Right. You know. You know it's kind of like when you, in the early spring, when you can sit in the sun mm-hmm. and you really feel that warmth. It's just like a good hug. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. That is a good way to put it. Okay, I want to run this by you. So let's say I have a kid that has terrible acne. Te- a female teenager. Um, no, no, no. Female, young 20s. What does someone who does acupuncture, because hormones would be involved, how do you, like, give us kind of an idea of how do you assess it and what are some things that would run through your brain? So... One thing that's always important with Chinese medicine is, you know, we have a lot of education background with Western medicine, diagnoses, et cetera. I'm not allowed to say they have acne or they have a hormonal imbalance or I feel like they're estrogen dominant. I'm not really allowed to say those things as far as a diagnosis goes. It's outside of my scope of practice. Mm. Um, Although, you know, you might be able to come to that conclusion, my treatment's got to be made on the diagnosis at which I make with Chinese medicine. So if that client came in, we look at their affect. Is it really red hot and angry? Is it more cystic? Is it this? Is it that? The type of acne is going to tell us maybe what organ system they're dealing with an imbalance in. Um, Typically, you know, acne in young adults especially is kind of a liver stress-related kind of acne. And so we think of Chinese medicine in kind of the balance between the organs and between the elements. And so all, I shouldn't say all your organs, but they're liver, heart, spleen, kidneys, large intestine, small intestine, um, pericardium. I feel like I'm forgetting something. <laughs> Um, and then we have a made-up organ called the San Zhao, which is kind of similar to the lymphatic system. And so we use those organ systems to make our diagnosis. So I would go through and ask, you know, do you have headaches? Do you have ringing in your ears? Do you have, what other symptoms? Anything going on with the body? What are your menstrual cycles like? Um, what's your digestion like? How are you sleeping? I mean, we get down and dirty, and we ask all the questions. Nothing's off limits. We'll ask it all. And then we compile that. So a lot of times I tell people, especially if they want herbs, give me a day or two to chew on this because I'm going to really sit down and think about your body systems and what's not working right. And I can compose enough of that to give you treatment the day of your, your intake, and we do, but that might change as I get to know you more, as we see things change. Um, generally with acne, I use herbs often. They work extremely well, usually in like three months. If it's cycle related, acne related, I can get people to a place where their symptoms are really improving, where they can, they can see that and have tangible evidence. 
Um, I don't know if that answered your question. What are well. so, in other words, part of this? Because I'm thinking back to when I got acupuncture, I was not given herbs; it was just the needles. Yeah. So, when you say you give clients herbs, what does that look like? And what is that? Is it stuff you swallow, like capsules? What is it? Yeah. So, I typically use capsules. Um, you know, compliance is key. People don't want to boil sticks and twigs on their stove; it's pain. <laughs> um, you can if you want to. If you're that person, I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> So typically, you know, with modern modernization of herbs, they make herbal extractions um, and then they powder those extractions and put them in capsules or just put them in powder form. So some people like to take the powder form. Some herbs taste so bad, I usually don't even give people the option to do a powder <laughs> form. I'm like, just take the pill, take three pills two times a day. It's a gram and a half, depending on the brand of the herb. And that gives you kind of an internal acupuncture treatment um, and keeps the treatment going. So you can have a little bit of a treatment every day. So we're doing, we're shifting, you know, whatever it is we're trying to influence, you know, and I try, I'm being a little bit ambiguous because what that sounds like when I treat is I'm going to move liver chi and drain liver fire, uh, promote, the movement of chi and blood between the liver and spleen, calm the shen, you know, tonify chi. That's what a treatment protocol looks like for me, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explain to, to our listeners, though, what is chi? Because we hear about Tai Chi, whatever. We hear it a lot. So chi is a good one. I I brought a book with today. Um, oh, and if I'm making you skip around, I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine. Um, I just got to find where I wrote it down in my notes. So... Qi is, in Chinese medicine, we have yin and yang and qi, um, and you have five spirits, not just one, so we can chat a little bit about that. But these are fundamentals in our medicine, and they're fundamental concepts like hot and cold or electricity is. um, And qi isn't a thing necessarily. It's a state of being of anything at that given moment. Uh, so a quote from the book, um, the web that has no weaver by Ted Kapachuk, probably messing that up too. Um, chi is a state of being of any phenomenon in Chinese philosophy. It doesn't allow for great translation of chi like yin or yang. It doesn't easily distinguish between matter or energy rather chi, which is sometimes called life force is the state between matter and energy. So matter on the verge of becoming energy or energy on the verge of materializing. It's a like a conceptual state of matter, mm. which is like yeah. Um and you you like every I think time one I, of my eyes just crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time I read this book, I just sit with that kind of stuff in it because it is extremely depthy to understand. And mm-hmm. then the Chinese everything is a metaphor. Like, you read Chinese texts, it's all a metaphor. There's big, like, the Tao Te Ching. If you ever just want to sit and, like, think deeply, you just read, like, two sentences in the Tao and then just, like, stare out a window because it blows your mind to to sit and conceptualize that and try to understand the way they're viewing the universe because, like, Chinese medicine isn't just their medical philosophy. It's their philosophy for the universe, you know, Big Bang Theory, you know, it— the Chinese have a different way of thinking about all of that as in history. Mm-hmm. They're 
it's been modernized and very westernized. Um, so, like, chi is the energy that existed before the Big Bang. So there's people that talk about that, like, okay, we had the Big Bang that created the universe, but what created the Big Bang? Chi did. Chi was the energy that existed before <laughs> That's like the Big mind-bending Bang. mind-bending shit. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Huh. <laughs> so, this is just another Tuesday for Brody. But. Uh, <laughs> okay. So oh, no, I know. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I've been waiting, and I. So I, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna play the skeptic, and I'm gonna play it well because that's what I am. That's so, shocking. Uh, and she's a listener, so she knows you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a firm believer that it's only stupid if it doesn't work, right? And so for many, many people, this this does work. But so for those skeptics out there who are listening, is like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I, I I don't know. Make, make a. I don't want I don't want you to make a believer out of me, but like what 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 am I missing? So I usually when people ask me explain acupuncture, I usually ask them, do you want me to explain it in a Chinese medicine sort of way or do you want me to explain it through Western medicine's understanding of it through a westernized view? There's books and studies and research that go in great length explaining how acupuncture influences afferent nerve fibers. Um, your stim, you know, there's no such thing as sham acupuncture. We're stimulating the nervous system. The needle interrupts the electrical conductance on the surface of the skin. Is that electrical conductance chi? Call it that if you want. Um, is chi what you know what drives cell signaling? You know, it's call it that if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the greatest concepts with acupuncture is when you insert a needle, you want to get a sensation that we call da chi or great chi, which the needle kind of binds up in the skin. And generally the patient has a, a reflex of some sort or they go, wow, that feels really heavy. It feels like the needles, you know, the size of a pencil. They get a really <laughs> odd sensation with that. Um, it's not important that you lick this on every single point. Some acupuncturists will disagree with me on that. Um, if we did that to every patient, no one would come back. <laughs> um but you get that sensation. That sensation is afferent nerve fiber stimulation. Um, What's afferent mean? Afferent is the type of nerve, uh, and somebody out there is going to call me out on this because mm-hmm. I don't have a great definition oh, in my I brain bet, for I it. I bet not, but give um, us a whirl. Afferent nerve fibers are sensory somatic nerve fibers that lead back to the brain, essentially. Okay. Um, and so they're not like you know, motor nerves necessarily. It's more about the sensory response. Um, And so when we stimulate the body, you know, and we're stimulating nerves, and not only locally is the needle introducing a microtrauma, which causes histamine release, causes vasodilation, redness, itching, increased blood flow in that area, the body goes, what the hell is going on here? It also feeds back into the brain. And we know via fMRI studies, functional MRIs, that if we retain the needles for a greater amount of time, 15, 18 plus minutes, the stimulation that you see when the needle's inserted stays in the brain. If you insert the needle and take it out, it doesn't always stay. It's kind of a mishmash. But if you leave that needle in, you get good chi or dachi at the needle, which is a technique of needling, it will stay in the brain hours after the needle's been removed. And they've shown that via fMRI. And so that's the very lackluster way that Western medicine is 
understanding it how acupuncture works, but that leaves so much to interpretation because how are we influencing people's general sense of well-being? You know, how are we influencing things that maybe don't operate in that understanding? You know, should I be able to improve constipation with a point on your wrist and, and next to your little toe if if that's all acupuncture's doing? You know, it's there's it leaves so much more understanding that we just don't have yet in a Western kind of way to explain it. And you can explain it in Chinese medicine. It just doesn't translate well. Yin and yang do not translate well into English. They just don't. Um, And there's a lot of stuff like that in Chinese medicine that we just leaves a lot to be desired. And it's unfortunate because I would love to, I love having conversations with skeptics like that because it forces me to think better, you know, and think more complexly about it. How am I explaining this? And maybe that's not what's really going on. Maybe it's this, you know, so. And, you know, and I'm just going to give a case study. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast before that I was seeing a client, an eight-year-old client who was horrifically abused. And I could not get it out of my head. I carried that energy. And all I could say was it was stuck in my body. I just Mm -hmm. felt it stuck in my body. And it went on for months. And I finally went to acupuncture and I explained what was going on. And I literally felt like that energy was released from my body finally. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, oh my God, I feel so much lighter. So, you know, is that doo 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 doo? Is that like, oh, I just want to feel better or whatever? I can just tell you personally, it it made a very, very significant difference mm-hmm. in my life. Um, but I've also heard that from my clients. When I send my clients and um, they are going to Larissa or an acupuncturist, they are coming back and many of them are saying, I feel significantly better. I feel Mm -hmm. like um, sometimes the combination of clinical psychology and acupuncture is the right mix. Right. So, yeah, I I don't want to, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. And like, it's, (laughs) What? That's I haven't heard that saying for oh, a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's only it's only stupid if it doesn't doesn't work for you. So, I, ex, okay, I want to talk about the rocks. Oh, I love more rocks. Uh, I got a real hard time with this. Mm. Explain, explain. So what's Becky the wearing today? Crystals. Becky, is this red jasper or carnelian? I have so many. That's red jasper. Yeah, and red jasper. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Larissa, but um, this is for work and productivity. And okay, well, she just took a deep breath and said, so, Becky, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> so I'm not the greatest person in the world mm-hmm. with the metaphysical properties of rocks. I got into rock hounding when my mom was sick of cleaning frogs and lizards out of my <laughs> my pockets as a kid. And it was like rocks were okay, frogs and lizards, no. So... <laughs> It was something we did. Your poor mom. <laughs> I'm going to stand by her mom on that yeah, one. I yeah, think so, yeah. yeah. So it's something we did as a family, too. We go rock hounding all over South Dakota. If people want to talk about rock hounding and lapidary equipment, cutting, mm-hmm. sawing, that kind of stuff, I'm all about it. I'm interested in the metaphysical properties of rocks, have mm-hmm. been for a long time, but I meet it with a healthy amount of skepticism. Mm-hmm. If it helps, 
it helps great. You know, yeah. when people tell me, oh, acupuncture is just a placebo effect, I'm like, do you feel better or not? Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> That's what <laughs> like, I always say, too. Like, does it matter? Yeah, I'm like, and it does, you know, it doesn't matter. If it helps, it helps. You know, we we want to ask more questions and understand. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, if it helps, sometimes it's just not worth asking all the questions because you're just, just go you know, with it. just go with it. Yeah. And so... I like my red jasper. I have amethyst in my office. That's a stone of uh, protection and um, great for headaches. Yeah. Yep. See, I don't know more of the physical stuff. I just know more of like the energy stuff. Yeah. And so the idea behind that is that you know, crystals, especially, have a resonant frequency, and we it's measurable. There's some science behind it. It's fringy because there's no money in it. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to really invest in studying it. Um, Everything has a, a, a frequency to it. Everything has chi. Mm-hmm. You know, chi was the energy before the Big Bang. There's chi in everything. It's what's expanding and growing the universe. Every inanimate object, every animate object has chi to it. It's like the quarks and bosons that glue it together, so to speak, if you want to get really into physics. And I think I was going to say that was some super sciencey nerdy stuff right there. I think quarks we'll see our understanding of some of this stuff grow with our understanding of material physics, um, which, you know, I tinfoil hat if Mm -hmm. I must. Um, If everything has that frequency to it, and the idea behind the crystals is they carry this innate frequency, how we know what they do, I don't know. Somebody else makes the rules, not me. Mm -hmm. But it, at the very least, intentionally, if you know your amethyst is helping you feel protected or be protected and mm-hmm. that this is a safe place, you are believing that mm-hmm. and manifesting it if manifestation is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So it helps, yeah. you know. It doesn't hurt anything. It does, you know, and they don't. Black tourmaline, also protection. It goes in my suitcase whenever I travel. It's um, in my purse. I've got one in my car. Hey, Becky, why is the Northern State University graduate program in counseling so awesome? I could go on forever, but let's talk about the fact that you can get a clinical degree where you can work in private practice or an agency, Mm -hmm. where you can get a school counseling degree on the school track, where you can work in a school as private, private school, parochial school, public school, any school you want to. And then my favorite. What? Forensic counseling. Super cool. But is it KCREP approved? It is KCREP approved. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what? It means that it has the gold standard of grad schools. Super awesome. But can I afford it? Because I don't have a lot of money. It's okay. If you go to northern.edu, you can um, apply for some scholarships. They have a couple of counseling-specific scholarships, in addition to some other really fantastic scholarships that a guidance counselor or a admissions counselor can help you with. Awesome. Be Northern, unleash your potential, baby. Oh. <laughs> what did you recharge the other night? All my crystals, because it was a full moon. Well, not all of them, because I don't have enough space to recharge all of them in the winter. Jesus Christ. So how, what, what is the process of that? You just, I just put them on the windowsill for 24 hours when there's a full moon. And then what happens? They just get recharged. Rather, they've been sitting in my, you know, windowless office. Like, no, they're they're just strengthened again. They're charged again. Can you tell when you haven't charged them if you miss a full I'm, one? No, I'm too idiotic to know that. 
I'm just I'm no. His face is so funny right now. I wish yeah. we had a video camera. There is. I mean, there are people who could speak way better to this than I can. I I know enough to barely even insert anything in a thimble. You're a practicer of it, though. So that that's well, I'm what's not a practitioner of it. I just a, like it. You're, you're a user. I'm a user. Yes. Right. And so, like, that's what's like. Yeah, there are people who can speak. Yeah. You know, more eloquently, but if you're actively using it like I, I we we bought a salt lamp and i can't tell like it's a pretty glow but i can't tell you what the fuck happens well that's everybody who makes fun of um me for my crystals i always ask them do you have a salt lamp at home oh, oh interesting Brian bought the salt lamp interesting my wife oh, bought the salt my crystals lamp. are bullshit but enjoy know. your salt lamp i don't lamp. know why but i associate salt lamp with lava lamp with water bed those three <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good saturday night <laughs> I, I can get behind that. Okay, wait. I'm but going... you'll want one of my rose quartz crystals, too, because okay. that's good for love. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm going to ask, a, like, a factoid here. So if if I refer somebody to you, are their services covered by insurance or not? So sometimes, yes. The blanket answer is no. Um, some insurances will cover acupuncture. The fun thing that is happening in South Dakota is that the last time we went out and lobbied for a practice act, it was vetoed. Mm. So there is no license. Because you guys are kind of witches. Uh, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> That was sarcasm, <laughs> listeners. So, I don't know if you heard the eye roll from yours. Right, but. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and bless their hearts, there were a few acupuncturists that had been practicing for years in South Dakota they put together this bill and they fought and they fought and they fought and they fought. And then in 2017 or 18 in session, um, it was explained to us that it felt like it would be an undue burden on the state to license acupuncturists because there are so few of us. And they vetoed the bill in which we were asking for licensure. Which is basically licensure is like this. these are ethics and standards that we have to uphold. Yep. So, and not anybody can just jam needles in somebody and call themselves an acupuncturist. Yeah, so anybody can call themselves an acupuncturist in South Dakota. If you're looking for a job, you can set up a tent and throw needles, uh, you know, whatever you like. Um, there is no standard of care for acupuncturists in South Dakota. I am licensed in North Dakota, hopefully Nebraska soon. I'm nationally licensed. Um, passed all my board exams. I'm not in South Dakota because I'm under some delinquency, which there are and have been practitioners in the state because they've lost their license nationally and they could still practice in South Dakota, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, a bad practitioner, right. but it, it leaves us open for, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, if you wanted to practice acupuncture today, you could open a shop. Um, and so we wanted some standards. And with that, we get recognition with, insurance companies to allow us to bill insurance. Right. right now, if I call an insurance company, they say, okay, well, send us your license mm. and we'll put you in our network. And then you send them a crystal. <laughs> I might some get farther herbs. if I start sending them some crystals. <laughs> some herbs. So I'm right right now I'm a 100% cash practice. I will take HSA, FSA. I will provide you with a super bill and you can try to submit yourself to your insurance company. I'm happy to do letters of medical necessity. Um, but as busy as I am uh, being a cash practice, I don't see a, a close or near future where I'm going to go into taking insurance heavily. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine because insurance is so fun to oh, deal with. Absolutely. It's a it's treat. A blast. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. It's very understandable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, but but on the other hand, the sad part right. is there are clients out there that really can't afford services, exactly. right? And so it's very unuser friendly to people that simply can't afford the service, right? And Which what does the service cost? So right now for a new patient, I'm 105. So if you come in for a new patient intake, I'm 105 dollars um, for follow ups uh, on a general acupuncture treatment. I'm 72. If you're a veteran. I will offer a discount. If your spouse was a veteran and they have passed, I will offer a discount. Um, And then if I do body work, which I am an acupuncturist who does a significant amount of body work, um, some do, some don't. If I do body work, those appointments are 80 for a follow-up or 90 to 100 if we do 90 minutes. It just kind of depends. Part of that was with covid supplies went up and they never went back down because mm-hmm. it's like, well, Brody once, doesn't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> once they know Don't you'll pay started it. on fucking half and half. <laughs> My God. You think it's made of gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once they realize you'll pay that for it, they have no incentive to. Right. Right. No, price, nothing's you know? ever going to go down yeah. from lumber to eggs. Yeah. Like nothing's ever going to go down. So when you say body work, what exactly do you mean by that? So um, in Chinese medicine, I'm trained um, in Tuena, which is Chinese massage um, and so I do, you know, some hands-on therapy, kind of like massage therapy. It's a little bit more assertive, a little bit more direct. Um, and then I do a significant amount of cupping as well. And so cupping is a popular therapy. Um, in recent years, it's been popularized by I love cupping. Um, athletes and stuff. And so cupping is suction um, on the tissue, and it feels really great. It has some awesome benefits. It isn't for absolutely everyone. Um, some people I do have to turn away for cupping if they have a skin condition or mm. something. But I love cupping so much. Yeah, cupping is, yeah. is extraordinarily popular, which is why most of my appointments I do do 15 minutes of cupping at the end because mm-hmm. people just love it. It and just gets the blood flowing. I just remember watching the Olympics, and I can't remember what swimmer, maybe it was Michael Phelps, but I just saw all these like bruises on him, and that mm-hmm. was my first introduction to cupping because I'm like, what the hell happened to him? And mm-hmm. then <laughs> and then I heard someone talking about it, and then it made perfect sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was my introduction. Have you ever had it done? I did. Yeah. Does yeah. that feel good? It really does. Yeah. It really releases stress yeah okay another practical question then i will shut the hell up and she i won't will, i will Italian. crawl under the table yeah okay okay so once you start giving people these herbs like how long do you have to take them because i think about me like i i have high cholesterol i'm going to take my cholesterol medicine probably till the day i die right mm-hmm. with herbs is it kind of the same thing like you take it and then you have to keep taking it or what's that like not necessarily. The goal always when I prescribe herbs is that we are we establish a change, we concrete that change, and if that change elicits some lifestyle changes, overall a change in the body, uh, you know, hopefully the patient can go off the herbs eventually. I never ever prescribe herbs to somebody and just say take them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a treatment plan. Like we're going to try this for three months and we're going to visit. Or, you know, let's try this until your next lab draw and we'll see what your cholesterol looks like, et cetera, and then we'll visit. Um, it's always in flux because we are always in flux. Like as we age, as we gain weight, as we lose weight, as we're more active, less active, your body's needs are going to change and herbs are extremely tailorable to that. 
So it's okay. So I lied. So I have one more question. <laughs> so about I know how much are herbs? Like, give me an example of like. Okay, so you prescribe herbs for Becky because her hair's falling out. About how much would it cost? Generally, it's twenty to thirty dollars a month. Um, if finances are an issue, but we really think that's what's going to make the difference, I try to work with people. We try to find some other sourcing. Um, if I do a custom formula for people, sometimes that makes it cheaper. Sometimes that makes it more expensive. I have a couple clients that are on a custom that's close to $70 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we're treating some really complicated stuff with them. Um, and I have another client that took a fertility custom that was close to 115 a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just the herbs that are in it mm-hmm. and the dosages that they are. Um, but it's a short-term thing. You know, for her, she got pregnant within the first month, so she never had to reorder. And compare that to some of the hardcore hormones you could put in your body to get pregnant or um, even like something like IVF, which is tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And it's I try really hard to make it affordable for people. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, I don't want to say I'm open to negotiation, but if people express that to me, we can at least have a conversation about how we can make it better for them. And I think, and I've said that, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but um, I have osteoarthritis and I took meloxicam forever and then found out you shouldn't take meloxicam forever because um, it really wreaks havoc on your body. And so I discontinued it and turmeric, Mm -hmm. I'm getting the same results Mm -hmm. out of turmeric every day that I did from this prescription medication that basically destroyed my insides. Mm. That's yeah. And that's, I love like educating people about you know, I'm like, you know, if you're taking a medication, what could we do supplement, supplementary or herbally lifestyle change that's similar to that? Maybe it's not strong enough to make a big difference, but mm-hmm. hey, like, you know, maybe at least we can prolong not going on a medication. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a proponent against Western medications no. at all. Like they are extremely necessary when they're extremely necessary, but we live in a world where they're too easy. They're too accessible. Why would I try harder? Why would I exercise? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's unfortunate because our bodies can take care of themselves a lot better than we allow them to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Do you want to catch them? Are they your no. ride? Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, listeners, my my mom's in town, Marie. Oh, that's who that was? That's my mom. Shut yeah. up. I couldn't see long distance because these yeah. are short distance. <gasps> fan of the show forever oh. and so they're in town so i told allison if you have time you can bring grandma up and show her where we record so Aww. they just popped in and well, they didn't pop in they just waved yeah but thanks for stopping by mom <laughs> sweet no more questions no i'm done now i can't even i know imagine. i, I would what are some of the most popular things that people come to you for treatment for like if you had to name the top three to five i would say pain depression anxiety and uh, like menstrual or fertility issues. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think pain because a lot of people, you know, obviously we aren't getting the opioids like we used to, which is which is not a bad thing because mm-hmm. um, there were definitely some consequences that went with that. And then there are people who just, you know, maybe like me, you know, you can take the prescription, but you don't like the side effects that come along with it. So you're looking for alternatives. And so I think, you know, um, what your practice and and what you do has to offer is, is really empowering. Yeah, we, treating pain is, you know, really rewarding as a practitioner too, mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, it's obvious 
that people feel better. They stand up straighter, mm-hmm. taller. Their affect is better. Um, there's, I have a few people who come in for a pain protocol in the ear. Um, we use um, like press in needles, which hurt like they sound like they hurt. Um, they're not. They're not overly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But they are clinically proven to release your own opioids. They don't work well in people who have taken opioids for years or are still taking them. I have a couple Mm -hmm. clients that are on morphine. I've tried them on them. They don't do anything. Um, But patients who can't take opioids or are getting off of them, they work awesome. Nice. It's super fast. It's $30. We do five needles in the ear, and they're on their way. I know. I can't imagine five needles in my ear. Oh, wow. What are the things called that you leave in the ear? Um, so these needles that stay in the ear that are retained are asp needles. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I do do some ear seeds, which are just... That's what I was thinking of, ear seeds. I've had the ear seeds. They're not that yeah, bad. That oh, is a what? sci-fi thing. Like, nope, that just... You mean where something grows in your ear yeah, from that? Nope, oh, nope. No, no. I'm going to pass on that no, one. These are just little stickers, and they go yeah. on the outer part of the ear, not in that, your ear. That is a bad name for them. <laughs> Yeah, I've never grown anything in my ears that I know of anyway. They're called ear seeds because traditionally they were um, vicaria seeds, which are a very hard seed, and they would press them onto the skin with um, wax or tar. Um, now we use a little adhesive sticker and a gold or stainless steel plated BB, essentially. Um, and they just stick on the ear and they press on various pressure points on the ear and... Hang out um, for a week or so? Yeah, five days, three, five days, sometimes a week. Sometimes people forget them, and I take them out their next appointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're safe. They're easy. They're accessible. They're great for kids. They're not scary. They're generally not, you know, they might hurt or burn a little, but they're not painful or sharp. It's not a needle. Um, they're very popular. Um, yeah, I I used to do a ton of them. I don't do them as much as I used to. but. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I lied. Here I go again. <laughs> acupuncture versus acupressure and how that impacts pain for the client. So like somebody with fibromyalgia, acupressure is probably not a great idea. Um, if they're really tender, have a lot of flesh pain, you can't go up to them and do acupressure. Um, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Um, acupressure involves the practitioner to be there the whole time. Basically um, pressing. Pressing on the various points, Yep. Um, with acupuncture, it's the insertion of a solid or a filiform needle. It does not have a hole in the middle. Um, the needles that I use are 0.22 or 0.25 of a millimeter. About 18 of them will fit in a flu shot. They're very small. I use a tube for insertion. I don't freehand, um, which helps kind of mitigate the pain. Um, and you get a longer lasting kind of deeper effect from the needles, um, most practitioners would tell you too that they feel like the needles are more effective. They like the feel of that, the response of that, the results they get better than acupressure. And I would agree with that. Um, I use acupressure on kids, like babies respond so fast. You don't necessarily need needles. You can use acupressure. Um, and so why would I want my baby to have acupressure? Colic, constipation, um, respiratory stuff. You know, pain if they had a difficult birth. You know, there's mm-hmm. developmental stuff. Um, they, When we were in China, um, they would bring children in that had developmental issues, and they would put all kinds of scalp needles in them mm-hmm. and 
do various pinching or acupressure techniques on them. Um, it was really unique. I don't know if Westerners would subject their children to that, but mm-hmm. um, that was the mode of treatment there. Mm-hmm. I wish I had known about acupressure. Uh, both my daughters were super colicky. I wish I had known about that. And well, I've even I, once or twice I've done herbs to add to milk for mm-hmm. babies that are really colicky. Mm-hmm. Um, you just use a really low dose, and you start lower than you think, and you titrate up if you have to. Right, because the Western medicine is Zantac, which, I mean, I neither good nor bad. It it made Grace feel better, but. Yeah. It smelled like Dr. McGillicuddy, so that was really weird. I'd, I'd blow in her face and then squirt it in her cheek and then feed her. And you can use acupuncture for allergies, too, as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, and sinus, like if you have a sinus cold, sinus congestion, acupuncture is amazing for draining that pressure, getting things moving. What about acupuncture, acupressure for dogs? Are there people that do that? There are. I believe there's somebody at the Groton Vet Clinic that does it. Mm. I inquired and was told forcefully to not even ask again by the veterinary board. Oh, (laughs) okay. Um, Because it's encroachment on their scope of practice. Oh. Oh. So So vets can do it. Vets, you have to be a a DVM, Dr. Veterinary Medicine. Um, I don't know if vet techs have that liberty, um, but with all of my credentialing or not, I'm not allowed okay. to do that. So, But it's a thing. It's a thing. It's super popular. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes we have dogs with anxiety issues. Oh. I mean, not me personally, but. Oh, no. Do you, no. Do you want to hear something that's a weird, oh, factoid? Okay, so my daughter's dog, oh, do Kitty. I the, do I need the music? No. Okay. So I, oh, now he wants to play the music. Oh, shit. So my daughter lives in California, and they literally have hiking classes for dogs. So for $50, you send your dog with a lady and her pal, and they take them hiking, like a group of 10 to 15 dogs up in the mountains. They videotape them, and they send the video to the owners. I'm not making this shit up. But what's the purpose? What's the point? It's That's like, a walk. No, because they experience nature and oh, they're hiking. For fuck's sake, fifty just bucks for a dog walking service. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all it is. I'm telling you, that's the thing. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's just dog walking in California, is what you're saying. It's a good business. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what anything I wrong saying. with it. Larissa gets it. That's because when you 50 take your bucks a dog for one hour or maybe hour and a what, half, are you a proponent of this? Ten dogs added up, Mister Businessman. Yeah. No, dogs. I agree. It's, it's a great it's a good business thing. I'm just saying, for my dog, it's a lot of money. Hiking's just a fancy word for walking. I wasn't born yesterday. Like that's just... walking on an incline. Excuse I'm me. At it from the business Maybe perspective. in California, everything's on an incline. So. True. Amen to that. No, I mean they say that dogs like to smell, so it's like, <laughs> no, oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's a fucking dog. So take it out. Yeah, no, take it for a walk anywhere, and then it smells, and then it, yeah. Novel ideas here. Okay, I'm going to write a business plan here. Yeah, 50 bucks. I'm going to take your your lab into the field, and if we end up with a couple ducks at the end of the day, then all the better. It's a bonus. All the better. Wow, we devolved very quickly. Yeah, with my acupuncture dog. Okay. Um, So I've started asking this of our guests. So if... If you could have our listeners walk away with one, two, three takeaways, what would you want them to know about acupuncture and take away from this episode? Uh, that acupuncture is a whole system of medicine. Um, 
it's not just for pain or it's not just for one thing. It's not, you know, just, you know, a target treatment. We're not just technicians. We learn a extremely complex theory of medicine and history and understanding of the body that's adjacent to Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, they can work together. Um, if you come in with medications, I can look up your medications. I'm familiar with a lot of them. Um, we, we can work adjacent to integrative medicine is really the future and we're not doing it great here, but it's getting better everywhere. Um, if you come to an acupuncturist, you can still see your medical doctor. I'm not going to be mad. I hope your medical doctor's not mad. Um, I get along with a lot of the other practitioners in town. Some of them refer to me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, where I'm happy to have a conversation with any of them. I would, you know, Back when I started, I wanted to do lunch and learns and had all these bright ideas. But, you know, time and and energy is our finite resources. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess thirdly, it's not as scary as you think. Um, I'm probably a more gentler needler than some of my colleagues. Um, I definitely did not pass the test in China. They mm-hmm. wanted us to needle much more aggressively, and I just couldn't or didn't. Um, and I really watch people and interact with them while I'm working on them. And if I feel that you're uncomfortable, if I notice that you're uncomfortable, if your hands are sweaty, even if you tell me you're good, we're going to tone it down a back. If mm-hmm. we get four needles in, great. If we get two, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes we have to build rapport with each other before we can, you know, really get into doing a big treatment. I have some patients I do 40 plus needles on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as scary as you think. If you're afraid of needles, just let us know that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. we can adapt and overcome, you know, as long as you're willing to show up, we're going to meet you where you're at and do the best that we can. So. And I'd like to let the listeners know, I am scared to death of needles, like because of my thyroid, I got to go in for blood draws every now and again. And I can't look, I can't watch. I don't like needles. It's not a fun thing. Um, that has never hindered acupuncture for me, whether um, it was with Dr. Smith, who I saw before you were probably still in high school. And then, you know, when I've come to see you, um, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It At doesn't. least, I mean, every once in a while, it'll be like mm, maybe a little, little pinch. Yeah, but, but nothing. nothing like we're getting, you know, you're actually getting a shot. Right. Nothing like that. Mm-mm. So I would encourage people to to give it a whirl at least. Yeah. And yeah. there's all kinds of information. Like if you're curious about Chinese medicine or just theory of it, um, the Tao to Ching is a little depthy, mm-hmm. um, but if you're curious about acupuncture, you know, like for Brody being skeptical, um, the Spark in the Machine, super, Ooh. super, super great book mm. about acupuncture and embryology um, and formation of meridians and understanding of it. Um, he's got an accent, so it's a glorious to listen to. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and then the web, <laughs> the web that has no weaver um, is a great book. As well, and that's the one I brought with me today with a few notes. I just reviewed it last night because it's it puts it into lay terms, but it still pays a lot of homage to um, Chinese history and the way that they were thinking about things and the naturalistic kind of view of of the medicine. So, I have one more question. I'm I'm building off a of Fran here. I have one more question. So, how can what can somebody look for to know, knowing that South Dakota doesn't necessarily have a licensing or they don't have a licensing board? So, if I'm going to go in my state, in my hometown, wherever, and I'm going to find an acupuncturist, what are some things I can look for to know that they're just not Joe Blow hanging out a shingle? Like a doctorate degree, maybe? 
So, you know, even, yeah. With, yeah. even with our degree titles, doesn't necessarily mean we pass the boards or are nationally accredited. Because mm. um, what do they call somebody who's the last one in med school? Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. C's make MDs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're looking at an acupuncturist and you kind of want to vet their credentials, so to speak, um, you want to look for them to be NCCAOM certified, which is our national accrediting body, which means they pass their board exams um, and that they kept up on their CEUs. So I pass my board exams, but say I don't keep up on my CEUs, I'll lose that accreditation. Mm. NCCAOM? Yep. Okay. okay. NCCAOM, and then they should be state certified somewhere. I go to North Dakota and do outreach every once in a while. Um, and so I am licensed in the state of North Dakota. So I, you can look me up as a practitioner in the state of North Dakota. I feel like to keep our presentation valid as practitioners, we need to be licensed somewhere, whether okay. it be Minnesota, Colorado, wherever. Um, but they should have a degree, you know, so my degree is from Northwestern Health Sciences University and Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. Um, and then they should have credentialing that tells you that they pass their boards like NCCAOM certification, which is the only large body right now that's accrediting okay. the boards. So. Okay. Good thank question, you for Becky. that. Thank yep. you. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you so much for being here and yes. for putting up with us. I know we didn't get to, to some of the stuff you had down because um, I squirrel. wouldn't shut the hell up. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Squirrel. But thank you so much. Yes. I think our listeners so learn, are going to learn some stuff from this. And super so. interesting. Yeah, yeah, very much so. All right, you guys, we are the shrinks. And that's a wrap.